Welcome to the Parent University Podcast. I am Megan Brown, and we are here today with TC and Isaac and some special guests here in a little bit. And we're so glad that you've set aside some time to hang out with us today. In each episode of this podcast, it is our goal to share with you as parents what we are learning while working and ministering to teenagers at Three Circle Church. We want to come alongside you as the number one disciple maker in your teen's life and help you equip to raise kids who love others, love God, and love the church. Today, we are talking about how to handle conflict. We know that teenagers are right in the middle of some major changes physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It's a whirlwind of growth, and as parents, it's crucial to remember that they are on a journey of self-discovery and independence. They're soaking up information and experiences faster than we can keep up, so it's no surprise that conflicts pop up from time to time. So during this month here at Parent University, we want to help you navigate these tricky moments, whether it's conflict between you and your student or between your student and their friends, or maybe in your marriage. By the end of this journey, we hope that you'll see conflicts not as problems, but as opportunities for growth. And today, we are so excited to have with us some of our favorite humans on this planet, Brett and Tracy Vandermeeten. Brett and Tracy have both served as small group leaders in our student ministry and have raised two awesome girls. And so we know that they know a little bit about conflict. Welcome today, Brett and Tracy. It's like we need an Thank applause you. right there. Hey, <laughs> welcome. No, stop, stop. This is cool. Yeah, stop. finally. Like if there's one family that I think like I like family goals. Uh, not, for sure. Dad mm-hmm. goals for sure. Uh, Mom goals for sure. Kid goals too. Like can I say like Avery and Abby both so, so unique, but so stinking awesome. Like I, I love them. I love all four of you. Like, if I had a family go, like, can you have a family crush? Oh, can, yeah. yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. family crush. I like, give you permission. Yeah, <laughs> granted. <laughs> Isaac, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. My family crush is the Vandermeer. So, all right. So, the framework for today, uh, in regards to handling conflict, all right, it's not something to be avoided. It's not something that is uh, suggestive in uh, the Christian faith. So. Uh, just so we we have like a baseline for what we're talking about today. Matthew 5, 24 says to leave your gift there before the altar and go and first be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. And so the reason I laid that out is because if you're tuning in, mom, dad, uh, brother, dude, girl, it doesn't matter. Uh, everyone deals with conflict, and we as believers are called to handle this in a biblical uh, fashion. And what we see, here, and at least what I see here in 524, is that God would prefer our reconciliation. God would prefer us handle conflict His way before He would prefer our worship. And and to me that's that's a that's a mic drop moment. We could talk about that for uh, plenty of time. But I, I think um, I, I don't know. I just wonder if a lot of people understand uh, the gravity, the magnitude of how God feels about us handling conflict. Right? It's something that uh, far too many people overlook. And uh, again, we'll toss it over to. We can get into these questions in a minute uh, to Brett and Tracy. You guys. Uh, I know you are not perfect. We think you are, but uh, I know you're not perfect. <laughs> We're not. Um, but man, you guys, uh, you exude joy in such a way that that this guy, 
uh, I have a family crush on you and uh, Brett, you in particular. Uh, <laughs> but just, gosh, how you, how, number one, your marriage, how you two love one another. Again, I know you're not perfect. Uh, I, I don't know. There's so many things that I could brag on you about. And I mean that genuinely. Uh, I'm very bad about talking about you behind your back in a good way, but <laughs> not to your face. So I'm here going like, yes, I finally have them. <laughs> and we have to talk about conflict, which is cool and fun. I'm excited for it. But uh, but yeah, so I'm excited excited to chat with Brett and Tracy. So we can roll on the question. All right. We're going to jump right in. So Brett, we're going to start with you. Uh, and this is both of you actually for this question, but what is one thing, I mean, I'm sure there's multiple, but what's something big that you guys have learned about handling conflict with your girls over the years? So just conflict with your, with your teenagers, what have you learned? What's one of the most important things you've learned? Well, uh, I would say that as someone that grew up in a house, the middle of three boys, and so my dad was the fourth boy, you know, God's definitely got a sense of humor. So here we are with, with, uh, you know, just a little bit outnumbered of the house of three girls. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I've learned in dealing with conflict with with Abby and Avery and Tracy is to not deal with the conflict in the moment um, when the emotions are high. I mean, my tendency is in my flesh would be where I'd want to deal with it, get it off my chest, solve it, and then 60 seconds later be done with it. And that does not work well with the ladies. Megan's um, looking at me laughing because yeah. this is exactly how I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think most of the guys in the room would probably relate. And those that are listening is, hey, let's let's check it off the list, be done, and move on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of thing. So I <laughs> yeah, say no, the, no feeling. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah just, let's, let's just, let's deal, just with it. deal with it. Scream at each other, call each other a name, and move on. Go get some deep. But no, I'd say with, with the girls, I definitely learned that take a deep breath, step back, have a little recess or whatever you need maybe a Diet Coke, and then come back, and <laughs> then let's talk about it. That's all. Tracy, what about you? What's something that you have learned? Well, I do like what he just said, and I think that that's something that I've had to learn, too, is really to take a pause, and maybe not for the reason that I'm mad in the moment, but I just take things more seriously, and and I get sad And so I've learned that I need to take a pause and come back around it later. And usually that's when I truly begin to show us out of humility, which I think is so is so huge in conflict. Mm -hmm. I think you have to both come to a place where you're where you're humble enough to say, okay, maybe maybe I was a part of the problem, you know, in this, too. And that usually takes me time. So really, I guess as a joint answer, we're both going to say, take (laughs) time. Don't just yell in the moment. Take time. You have all the time in the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're teenagers. You have time. I I Um, think that's so wise. Like, because I I tend to be like Brett, like most dudes go like, you know, let's, let's deal with this now. Even, even if you have the right thing to say at the wrong time, it's the wrong thing. Right. And so. I guess what I'm, I'm complimenting you to, to have that self-control, you know, I, I, I tend to react with, Oh no, this is awful. We need to make things good. You know, let's, let's fix this. Uh, someone's crying, someone's yelling. How do, how do we make this better instantly? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so to, to, to be able to have the, uh, what am I trying to say? The for the foresight to go, okay, this is, this is small fries here. Uh, I'm sorry you feel this way, but let's, let's take a breather, yeah. you know, and let's regroup after, after we get this all or whatever that is, you know? Um, I don't know. I think that's, I wish, I wish my, I'm speaking to myself here. I wish 
I parented that way. <laughs> I don't tend to, to, to function that way. So, anyway. yeah, but I, I think if you can, as, as the girls grew older, it got more important to be able to do that. I mean, when they're little and it's more about, Hey, why do I have to do this? It's because I said so. But then when you got to explain the why behind the what, it takes a little more time and probably takes a, a better frame of mind mm -hmm. to be successful at least. Right. You also work with high school boys, so you kind of get both sides of that. How do you think in those years, how do feelings versus true play into conflict? So with girls, I'm sure there's a lot of feelings, but with boys equally, we could argue there are feelings too. They just come out differently. So how do you handle like, hey, here's what is true. Here's what I, I see you. I see what you're feeling and I see where that could be hard. The breakup um, didn't make the football team, whatever it might be. How how do you navigate feeling versus truth in conflict? I think you need to validate that. Hey, I hear you. I think that's the key, no matter who you're dealing with, but specific to high school boys. It's because I think a lot of times what what comes out of whatever emotion they're dealing is, it's either going to be anger, it's going to be some words, it's going to be acting out of some sort, or it's going to be the opposite direction, just a 180, and I'm just going to shut it down and be the quiet guy. So yeah, I guess, you know, building that relationship, understanding each 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 kid is different and unique, and they learn and, and respond differently. And then being able, from a truth standpoint, is just constantly remind them of um, you know, whatever our line in the verse sand is, you know, for our group, it used to be with the, the last group of boys I had was Psalm 25, 15, which I like the message because it's kind of newspaper language, but it says, if I keep my eyes focused on God, I won't trip over my own feet. And to me, that's just the most simple of all truths. It's like, where do I focus and where am I going? I don't care if you're doing baby steps or you're taking a long jump, take a step. Mm, that's good. Brett, I, um, and really this is for both of you. I, I think, <clears throat> what is the old, uh, quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Amen. You guys do that so well with your family and the groups you lead where you have this time in where there's this relational equity that's built up. So there's this trust with your group. There's this natural spiritual camaraderie that's taking place. Talk, I, I guess talk to me about that. So I guess the reason I bring that up is because there's a lot of people tuning into this and they're listening to it. And I would imagine like myself, I would find myself going, oh, that's how you handle conflict. Well, I'm just going to, like a dude, just going to take the, that's the answer. I'm going to plug and play and insert that into my family. And that's not necessarily, it, it could work that way. But if there is no substance in that relationship, that's, that, that may not land how we, how we hope. You know what I mean? Uh, so can you, can you, I guess, shed some light on, on the front end, like the journey, the path that it took to get to where it's easy. Like your boys trust you, um, your girls trust you uh, enough to bring those things to you because there is that substance, that relationship there. Does that make sense what I'm talking about? Um, so either one of you. Yeah. I do think it takes time and I think it takes once again a vulnerability and honesty. I know something that I've always tried to do is I've tried to tell the girls or um or the groups of girls that we've had over that what what I struggled with and where I had conflict with. I find that the more just vulnerable and honest that you are with kids, the more they kind of gravitate to okay, well, I saw how she's made mistakes and how she lives with that. And she walks with the Lord, even though she has made mistakes. 
um, maybe, maybe that's something I can do too. So I find that, or what I would say to a parent would be share your own mistake, share, share your own struggles and, um, let them know that you're not perfect and let them see how you deal with conflict. Yeah, no, that's great. What's, what's the, uh, oh goodness. I I'm drawing a blank on who said it. It's, uh, it's a famous counselor. He said, when you share, and this is just in the context of like building community around people, when you share your strengths, it breeds competition. When you share your weaknesses, it breeds community, which is what you want. You want the vulnerability. You want the latter. Uh, and I know that's, I don't know how that is with, with ladies, but for the guys, especially, you know, I share something I'm good at. Oh yeah. Well, me too. I'm good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and then you're like, okay, this is not what I was looking for. It's like, we're back at the lunch table in elementary school. You know, I can chug my milk faster. (laughs) My dad invented the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Brett and Tracy, I got a question and, uh, it's kind of, I guess, straightforward. Which age group was the hardest? Like which, which, like, was it middle school? Was it whenever they were 17? Was it whenever they were eight? Like, when did you have the most conflict? (laughs) Everyone has their pens ready right now. (laughs) Which one? Let me get my list. What What age group was the, the, the biggest time of conflict? I'm curious. Trace, you want to go first? Well. And it may be different for both of y'all. It was, it was, it's different with different kids too. Oh, Um, I found that with our with our oldest Abby, our biggest struggle came her senior year. So when she was seventeen, and it was that whole her trying to pull away, and me maybe trying to hold on, and we just did not resolve conflict well that year. That's oh my gosh, we had a hard time. Um, Do you think that was because of oldest child? I, you know, as I, as I look back on that year, um, I think that we just had a hard time kind of talking to each other and communicating well. So that's something we've learned a lot. She's kind of strong-willed. I'm kind of strong-willed. Where do you think she gets that from? (laughs) That man. (laughs) That man. It's my my fault. um, Normally though, I would think that the hardest conflict age would be middle school. I don't know, Brett. Do you remember what was hard? Hey, I don't think the to answer your question, TC had Abby and Tracy, you know, buttonhead senior year had anything to do with that she was the first child. I think okay. I think there's mainly personalities of yeah the the two ladies. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I, I think that uh, I, I was thinking about Abby when the question was asked senior year, and then it was a different experience with Avery, but different personalities. So I think more of those middle school years because there's Probably more seventh and eighth grade because there's a lot of stuff happening. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. physically, personally. Um, we also moved. When we moved here, Avery was going into sixth grade. Abby was going into ninth. So here we are just just lost as a goose and brand new. And we're new in every setting we're in, we're new, right? And it's like, oh, this is stressful and weird. It's tough. Mm-hmm. And so that I remember that. I remember hunkering down because we, we lived in a smaller place and we were – we didn't have enough room where everyone could go hide. And as I look back on that, how grateful we are because we just became, you know, kind of the fab four, really. And it was it was fun. But I, I remember those middle school years being a, a, probably the biggest Lots challenge. Lots of feelings. Lots of feelings. Lots of stuff. Where, and, you know, a house coming from a house of all boys, I, I didn't know anything about anything. 
<laughs> yeah, right. I think that something else a very wise friend told us was that you work your job from eight to five. Well, then when you come home as a parent, five o'clock is when your real job starts. Mm -hmm. As much as we want to just take that time off and disconnect, get on our phone, watch, watch Netflix, five o'clock until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night is the most important time of parenting. And I think that it's, it's hard though. And who wants to deal with hard? Nobody, nobody yeah, wants to work. deal. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to chill. I think when, when he shared that with us, it really just kind of stuck with me. And especially those middle school years when you just want to wring their necks <laughs> and it's seven wow. o'clock and you've made supper okay. and they're like, I don't like it. Yeah. And all these things stay in which it. One said that. Both. <laughs> Him too, probably. No, Brett too. Um, but when you get, when you get tired, just remember some most important time and stay in it. Stay in it. That's good. Yeah, don't give up. I, I remember I was in a men's group at that point in time with some friends, and we were talking a lot about because we, we were in similar life stages, you know, kids similar ages and things like that. And I just remember my faith really getting tested and growing in the faith. And one of the funny things uh, the guy that led it said is, hey, when you get, before you get home, roll the window down. Stick your head out the window, kind of like an Ace Ventura pet detective moment. <laughs> let let the let let the flies and the crud of the day just kind of blow off you. And then the other great advice one of my buddies shared was, don't be talking on your cell phone like driving up to the house. He said, I don't care if you park in the front of the neighborhood and finish your conversation, but give yourself a couple minutes before you get home because you know you get home when the kids are little. It's tag you're it. Oh, the, the wives are tired. So yeah. And I was like, nah, man, that's crazy. And he's like, no, seriously, this will help. And it did. Wow. So just little nuggets of wisdom, yeah. little things that we don't think I never thought about that I think I'd like to say helped a lot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe diffuse the situation a little bit before it got out of control. Yeah. So I know that you guys are faithful followers of Jesus. And that's one of the reasons why we got you guys in the room and one of the reasons why me and TC and Megan look up to you guys. And so how is that just being a follower of Jesus, period? How's that changed the way you parent? And how do you think, like, without Jesus, how do you think your parent, your parenting would have been different? I, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was selfish. You know, I think for when I describe in my story, I was on the Brett train, right? And to the world, the Brett train was a pretty good train. <laughs> I mean, I, I had a good time in a lot of fronts and a lot of different things, but it was there was always that piece that was missing. I was so selfish. Didn't realize it, but... Of selfish, maybe that's why I relate to teenagers. Um, but anyway, and love them to death. But anyways, um, I think as I grew in my faith and realized that it was not so much about what not to do, but but the relationship that I could have with my Lord and Savior, that was the turning point in my faith journey. And just being able to to look at whether it was conflict dealing with Tracy, the girls, friends, parents, whatever, this someone at work, um, just having a whole different perspective of. You know, I need a lot of grace because I'm going to open mouth, insert foot, say something stupid. I'm going to have conviction and, and go back and need to say I'm sorry. So if I need that, Lord knows I should be giving that to other people. And I think just as a follower, I just it was important to me for twofold. One is it was the right thing to do. But the other thing is when you have these little things called you know, grenades with legs, as <laughs> TC and Megan may have called some children. I forgot about that. Um, That's right. But if you have those grenades with legs running around the house, especially girls, because I think they're more observant. Boys are observant, too, I think, as they get older. But I always was felt the, the pressure of 
not so much pressure, but I wanted to do it the right way is the girls are watching how Tracy and I fight. They're watching how we make up. They're watching how I interact, how I love her. And so I always wanted to try to show them, hey, this is what a godly man looks like in your house. And, you know, one day, Lord willing, if the girls get married, you know, maybe they'll remember something about the way that Tracy and I, we didn't go in the back bedroom and fight. If we're going to fight, we're doing it in front of them. We got nothing to hide. That was so good. That was so that good. That was so good. I don't have anything to say after that. That was that was excellent. That's awesome. Oh, so okay. So we're gonna kind of jump into a little bit different. Also, one of the things TC and I have been fortunate enough, and I guess Isaac too, to be to your house. You have talking chairs in your house, which yes. I is like seriously one of my favorite things. We have them now. We, because of we this. have them in our yes. house now, and it's just Tell us what the talking chairs are. Just This is not a question that we plan, but we want to know, what are the talking chairs? The talking chairs are four chairs that face each other in a circle. We love circles. And um, and it's where we sit and we have our biggest and our best kind of talks and discussions. It's where we come to hash it out. It's where we come to sit together and dream. And it's where we've had to have somebody come and sit and say, you messed up. <laughs> Um, but, and I mean, it's been full of 20 kids sitting on each other's laps and floors and, um, but it's just an area in our house that somebody named the talking chairs. I really don't know how or when, but well, if they we, are legendary. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they really are. And there's no, there's no TV there. There's no, no TV. Right. And this is, this is kind of, I'm trying to think, cause I've, I've been fortunate enough to sit in these talking chairs. I'm trying to think how I describe it. It's like a nook. Yes, your, at, yeah. at your house, right? So it's not part of your living room, not quite part of your kitchen. It's its own little separate deal. Wonderful place, but you yes. want to. It's yes. when you, you're kind of draw. Oh, what is that area? Like, there's. Yeah. Can I sit? And then you sit in those chairs, and you go, "Oh, I live here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not leaving." But I think too, like, what a great tool. Whether it's conflict or just downloading the day, you know, I, even with our kids seven and eight, sometimes it's hard to just be like, "Okay, I want you to look at me right now. Tell me." We help brownie and frowny. Something we do. What was something good? Something bad? And so, just such a such a good practice, just to have that time, whether it is conflict or just whatever happened today, or the highs, the lows, and be able just to like talk in those moments, you know, distraction free and know this is the place that that happens. And, and so I think that's just such a, such a great practice, but we're going to ask now some questions about how you guys navigated when your girls or your small group kiddos, when they had conflicts, what were some of the things that you downloaded to them and said when they wanted to like can cancel a friend or kick them out of the friend group or not invite them to party? What are some things that you guys hope that your girls just caught in the way that you want them to handle conflict or in those teenage years, what was something important that they learn? Yeah. The cancel culture and canceling a friend. I think that one thing that I remember talking about the girls with this was just um, that we don't do that because that's not the way the Lord did it. He didn't, he didn't cancel us when we made a mistake so why should we cancel somebody else? And yes, once again, it is harder to have that conversation. It's harder to deal with conflict. I am not a conflict person. I am a let's sweep it under, well, my natural instinct is to sweep it under the rug and let somebody else deal with it. But I've had to work really hard. And um, so it's, I mean, it kind of goes against what I want to do. But and and sometimes I even share that with my kids that 
I know you don't want to deal with this. I know it'd be easier just to say, I'm done with them. I'm over this. But push through that. Push through that hard and deal with conflict the way that you know the Lord wants us to. Yeah, absolutely. We had story time now. We had a guy passing through with his wife a while back when we lived in Mississippi. And through a friend of a friend, they were, uh, he was a music, music minister and they were basically passing through town looking for a soft place to land. So we said, yeah, come on, stay with us. No big deal. We got, we got room and we'll have supper. So we're having supper and a conversation started. And it was about a book that Tracy was reading. And then the dude made a comment about something about the book. And it wasn't like, wasn't mean, but it was just like, I don't like the book or I don't like the author or whatever. And about 30 seconds later, he said, you know, time out. He said, I've been convicted lately of wanting to deal with conflict, like right when it happens. And he said, so he looked at Tracy and he said, hey, I just want to apologize. I didn't mean anything by this. And I just want to let you know that I'm working on that. And that probably happened 15 plus years ago. And it still sticks to me today because I thought, what a great example of, of I call it being a professional apologist. You know, so when you do make a state mistake, you know, for me personally, um, I, I've got a lot of pride and I don't want to, I want to blow up and not admit stuff. But what I try to do specifically with the girls, with Tracy, and then with the high school students that I've gotten to spend some time with is when we make mistakes, let's own it. Say, hey, I'm sorry, Megan, for what I just said. And the way I, that came out, Isaac, was not at all what my heart meant. And I just want to let you know that I apologize and I'm sorry. Not that if I hurt your feelings or if you feel that way that, but I did. I made you feel X or TC, I'm sorry for being late to whatever. Whatever the situation is, let's be apologizing often and sincerely. And really, I would say, I mean, that's hard for teenagers. It's And if it's not modeled at home, it's very hard. I'm, I'm trying to think of a show on TV or a show on Netflix where they see that modeled well or just it, it's it's really hard, and so it's something you have to practice. It's something you have to practice apologizing yeah. quickly, um, and especially with friends at school, dealing with that and apologizing and trying to move forward. I would say, um, as a parent, it's something that you're going to have to coach your kids through because it's not a natural thing. Yeah. Um, kids learn what they see and hear, so, I mean, what better example to lead in the house? You can do that. I mean, I do this with yeah. work there. Tracy, we've been at lunch and, and there's been times I can remember making a phone call with someone at work and I'm walking in and I'm just like, I need a minute. I would just, I just was an idiot and I, I need to call someone back and just say, Hey, listen, I had some conviction. I'm sorry. The words didn't, aren't what my heart meant. And just want to let you know, I'm sorry. If you, okay, let's say a parent is listening right now and their kids are in the middle of friend conflict yeah. And they've been coming home sad every day, and it's just not getting better. What would what would you tell them? What advice would you give that parent? How do they start the conversation? What if maybe they need talking chairs in their house? How what is something you'd say? Hey, just start here. Like yeah. if you can tell this is affecting your teenager, and the conflict is not getting better, it's not getting resolved. What's just something you would say? Here's my advice. Here's what I would tell you. I would start with my favorite verse and say Psalm twenty five fifteen. If I keep my eyes focused on God, I won't trip over my feet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk towards you, son or daughter, and let's. I notice that this is what you're struggling with. Um, I'm a pretty positive person, so I'm gonna find something positive about any situation, and that's what we're gonna focus on. We're not gonna bury our heads in the sand and say something bad didn't happen, but we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna be part of this, the problem. We're gonna be part of the solution, which is one of Tracy's favorite phrases. You know, let's be solution minded and. So I would say be willing to have the conversation. Um, be willing to say, I don't know what I'm doing. 
I may be a parent, but guess what? I got OG, OJT, on-the-job training. I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> until you showed up. And so here we are learning together and just be honest and be, I, I don't know. Your mother's a social worker. I'm not. <laughs> I would say, number one, empathize with your kid. Mm. That's great. Hear them hear out and validate. say, yeah, yeah. validate yeah. and say, man, that really, really stinks. And the other thing I would do, and this is something I've done before, is take them out of that situation by just like, sometimes it's just even just leaving and going out of town for the weekend. Um suggesting having another friend group over maybe if it's friends at school you might say hey you know what why don't we have some of your small group girls over and we'll we'll do dinner or go out to eat or something or maybe it's just that you and your child need to get out of that situation and do something else um a lot of times we get so fixated on what's happening in high school what's happening in Fairhope, what's happening with your friend group and they just need to see you know, there's another whole world out there yeah. besides what's going on in the walls of the high school. Yeah, outside of the city or county. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one summer we left, um, Tracy and the girls left. We rented a place for a month and just got away. And I kind of went, came in on the weekends when I could. But I remember the thought when we were talking about it was, we just need to get away. And that was middle school years. Yeah. yeah. Y'all know I'm weird like that. Like, <laughs> I will just freaking pull out if I am. And I just felt this, like, heaviness. It was when the girls were in middle school. I just felt like there was friend friend drama and just always something pulling at our family. So I told Brett, I said, we need to peace out for a month and just have a reset. Mm-hmm. Peace out. You and, sound like J-Ho. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, we did. We did. I just wanted their focus not to be on everything that's the stuff that's going on in the minuscule Mm -hmm. minds. Just just get above it. Get out of your comfort zone. Kind of like when we talk about mission trips, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you go like, oh, we're going to teach someone how to do this and that. And in reality, you ain't teaching anything. It's all about us, right? Learning and and being willing to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Get out of your comfort zone. And you might think, well, I can't just leave my life for a month. And so that may be something that you're thinking, well, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. But we had to figure it out. We had to work to make that happen. We had to do some stuff with work to make that happen. And so it's not easy. But once again, yeah, push through the things that are hard to do the thing that's going to be best no longer later. Yeah. yeah. If it's a priority, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm never, I shouldn't say never. I'm rarely on time because when I say I'm going to be there, it's ish, five ish, four ish, <laughs> whatever. But yeah. what, what the cute blonde next to me says, Brett, if you had a tea time for your golfers out there, you wouldn't be late. And she's like, that's because it's a priority. I was like, mm, oh. conviction hit me harder. So I'm like, yeah. So if it's a priority, whatever it is, we're going to make it happen. Can mm-hmm. I, can I just say something like, and I, I think I can, yeah, I can say this confidently because I've heard both of your daughters say this separately, different occasions, different years, even how much your kids adore you mm-hmm. collectively, but individually. And, and I think your answers right there, I'm like, oh my gosh, what a, what a oneness, what a, uh, what a unit, like you guys being on the same page, even your, even your different responses, like Brett, yours is like, hey, I, <laughs> OJT, I'm going to lean in. I don't have the answers, but I'm, I'm not leaving. So I'm going to lean in here. And then Tracy, yours too, is I don't have the answers, but like 
this is not a bad thing, but like mama hen, Hey, come in, come here. We're going to embrace. We're going to, we're going to retreat and we don't have answers, but I know we have, we, you know, and, and there, there you have it. There's that, that oneness. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't want us to overlook that. Like if you're listening in, if you're a mom and a dad, how uh, grateful you need to be (laughs) the fact that you have a, a whole unit uh, take advantage of that. And your kids, well, thank you for that. I, I, again, I'm saying that to you. I'm commending you both. And I can say that confidently. Your your kids have told us that, how grateful they are. And uh, I don't know. I just, that's, that's so cool, seeing the differences, but also the oneness in your response there. That's, that's special. Speaking of oneness, now we have questions about conflict in marriage. So Isaac, hit a, oh, you got one, you got one. I got one, one more question okay. about uh, student or kid to kid conflict. Okay. So for the parent who might be listening, they saw this on uh, uh, all of our emails, all that good stuff. And they were like, oh man, I've never talked to my kid about conflict or I've never helped my kid through conflict with their friends. And so they're tuning in, they're listening to you guys, getting all this great knowledge from y'all. But what's one thing that maybe you would say to the parent who has never had the conversation with, hey, this is how you handle conflict. What's one thing that you would say to that parent that wants to start having these conversations to help their student grow? I'd say get off the bench and have the conversation. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, it. just do it. Yeah. All right. I mean, but with a humbleness and humility, and I don't have all the answers, because to me, when, when and that ties back to vulnerability. Whenever it's a, a situation when I'm meeting somebody new, whether it's work, personal, whatever, and we start to get to know each other and we start diving below the surface, it all starts with a question or two. And, you know, a good conversation is a tennis match, right? The ball's on their side of the court. They're getting to talk. Shut your pie hole. Let them, let them talk. <laughs> and then you get to talk. And then how many times do you have conversations or you meet somebody or there's certain friends that you spend time with and you're like, I'm exhausted because I just carried that whole conversation. So let it be a tennis match, right? So I'd say to that parent – you don't know it all. That's totally fine. Start with, I love you and I want the best for you. And here's a truth. Pick one verse from the Bible. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. Pick one verse. Jesus wept, whatever. <laughs> Something and go in with that and say, this is a truth. Let's go learn some truths together. I haven't modeled this well. That's okay. And I'm sad about that, but I want to do better kind of thing. Yeah. You just got to be humble. Yeah. I would say alongside with that to start with little Little stories of your own, how you how you dealt with conflict. Maybe if you've never dealt with them, dealt with that with your kids before, to start with a little, you know, today I was at work and this so-and-so did did this and I didn't really like it. So this is sort of what I'm thinking about it now. Just start with those little conversations. And, you know, as as we all know, you can talk for about two minutes and then a kid is going to be like, okay, I'm done with that story. So keep it short and keep it short, little kind of a continual conversation. That's but look, very practical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Super yeah. yeah. Okay. So kind of moving on to conflict inside of marriages, right? We're all, we're all married in here. I'm a lot younger than you guys. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa, rude. Sorry. Not that much. Rude. Sorry. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Isaac? Yeah, we're old. I mean, you can take it however you want to take it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> but I've only been married for two years, and there might be some of our volunteers, our leaders inside of our ministry listening in as well. There might be some younger uh, couples in here, maybe in their 30s or so. 
Um, younger couples in their 30s. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay, so... 40s, 50s. <laughs> younger couples in their 40s. Okay, so for you guys inside of your marriage, I know that uh, conflict is inevitable. And uh, you guys have mentioned it uh, here already. And so what have you guys learned just together, uh, just about conflict? Like, do I handle it? Brett, you're talking about you want to handle it right now. Miss Tracy, you're like, I don't want to handle it right now. So how have you guys just learned over the years? Okay, this is this is how we have this is how we can and then we will handle it together. Brett, Brett tells the story great. Tell about when we went to Windshave, what we learned. He's just a better storyteller with this with me. Well, we learned a lot of things, but when shape was a, you know, for our 20th anniversary, I'm thinking Cancun, all inclusive, let's go. And of course, my better half says we're going to a marriage retreat. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> Not, but it was great. We went, we learned a lot of different things, but we, you, I'm trying to remember what you're telling me about it. Oh, that's the, so funny. Okay. This so, is not the relationship I want to have. Yeah. So, okay. one thing, kind of a piece of advice that we would say is in the middle of a fight or conflict, one person has to be the bigger person and look at them and say, This is not the relationship I want to have with you. Usually, usually it's Brett, which it, I, I wish it was me because I think I'm the calmer person, but usually it's him. And when somebody stops and says that in conflict, it really does help just to mm. soften. Yeah. That's a dagger. This is oh, not is. the relationship I want to <laughs> yeah. have with you. Because well, how you come back after that? No, let's keep going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> but I uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> well, today... <laughs> I don't like you, but that was that was pastor friends. I'm sorry, I had a moment, I had senior moment, but I remember now. But that was great advice, and I think what it does is it kind of calms the nerves, right? It kind of it's kind of like the proverbial timeout. Let's take a deep breath and let's figure this out because we talked about that early on. With when emotions are high, mm -hmm. that's when things you say you don't want to say, right. you know. So definitely, I would say Isaac, that's a great piece of advice. What I've learned as you know, we'll be 27 years married next month, which is amazing. Love you, babe. Um, I've learned a lot about it's, it's so much deeper than happy wife, happy life. Mm. It's I mean, that sounds good on a, you know, on a on a back of a car or what have you. But to me, it's 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 early in the marriage. I could just say, oh, I'm sorry. And Tracy back. Like, oh, it's OK. <laughs> you know, go a few years deep and I'd say, I'm sorry. She'd say, that's not good enough. I'd be like, well, dad gum, it used to work. <laughs> so then it's like, I'm sorry for when I did this and this is how I'm going to not do it again. It's like a threefold. It's like that trifecta now. So I've learned how to apologize better. But what it means is that Tracy knows that I care. I'm not just kind of watching the football game and apologizing with one part of my heart. It's like, I really tru truly care and just learn how she processes things and that it's okay for her to rest in it for a while and me to, but she also knows sometimes let's just duke it out and let's get it over with and then let's go get something to eat, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think I've also, now that we've been in it for so, for so long, I think that um, I've begun to realize that sometimes if Brett snaps or I snap, it's not because we're really mad at each other. It's just, 
we're hungry, we're tired, yeah. we're <laughs> That's so um, true. Yeah. That's we're so just true. he's mad about something with with work, and so yep. we've kind of set these boundaries of we don't have any really hard talks or conversations after about eight o'clock at night because we're both <laughs> we're both just spent by then, and kind of our best time is morning, Early. and so talk about that as a couple as when when you want to and just you know that if it's nine o'clock and you're fighting about something, it's probably not because he like hates you. It's because he's had a bad day at work and just try to remember those, those things. And um, yeah, just kind of set, set up those boundaries as a couple. Yeah. It's your halt time. Halt time. Mm-hmm. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So mm-hmm. what point during the day, aren't you that? Mm. Hungry, angry, lonely, lonely and tired. tired. We're, all, we're all hungry around a meal. We're angry uh-huh. probably when we haven't eaten said meal. We're lonely. I get lonely at night because I travel all the time. So like as soon as I hit the hotel room and then when I'm tired, it's pretty much anything after about four o'clock, five o'clock, shut, <laughs> shut it down. Diet Coke time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So me and my wife, we try to remember the phrase whenever we're in conflict. Okay. It's not me versus you. It's we versus the problem. Yeah. Right. What do y'all think about? Like, have, have y'all used that phrase before? What do y'all think about that phrase? Is that a good phrase for us to remember? I, I have not heard that phrase. I love it because I think it changed. It kind of, it's a paradigm shift, right? It's not, it's not a, it, at that point it's we, it's a we situation, not a me versus you. So I love anything we can do together with teamwork. So um, I'm all for it. I'm going to, I'm going to remember that. Thanks. I think, so I think la- I last that. thing too, something someone told me and Megan is uh, to, when you are navigating conflict, cause you're not fighting with one another is to uh, fight or argue fact with fact and feeling with feeling. So like, you know, if she says, I, I, f- I feel like you aren't listening to me and my response, like a dude is I listen to you all the time. Well, <laughs> there's, there's resistance, there's friction. Right and there. I love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Love so, it. so, so I guess my point is lean into, uh, what is said. So if she says, I feel like you aren't, well, what am I doing? That's making you making feel, that, you feel way? that way. Boom. There's a, that's good. Or, that how, helps. or how can I help you not feel yeah. that way? Oh, absolutely. Or what did yeah. I do to make you feel that way? Yep. Yeah, so. get specific. Yep. Well, guys, we could seriously talk to you guys all day, um, but we want to kind of just wrap up. First of all, I want to say the two things that just stick out to me is one, humility and your vulnerability. And so I just, we love that about you guys. I hear that over and over as you talk, just how how humility and vulnerability has <clears throat> truly changed not only your marriage, but your kids and, and your life and those that you lead. So thank you for that. And thank y'all for being here. But just as we wrap up, if you could tell listeners one thing today about conflict, about handling it with their teenagers, with their spouses, the conflict that sits before them, it could be short and sweet. What what would you tell them? One one little nugget of wisdom. I like what Brett said earlier. Get off the bench and do it. <laughs> yeah, our former athlete. <laughs> I would say, I'm going to go back to the very first thing. Take the pause. It's okay to not to not answer right away. Take a pause before you jump into conflict. Just take a breath. Say, let me think about what's happening here. You know, I'm going to come back around this later. That's just for my personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm. what Isaac said speaks to me about it's not a me versus you. It's a us versus it. And mm-hmm. so what is it? Let's define the problem. So if I'm a parent or not if, but, you know, even with the girls now that are in, you know, our girls are in college, but still, we're still parenting. I almost think it's more important today than it was when they were little because, you know, the world's coming at them, right? 
and just so thankful for the relationship they have with Tracy and they're so close. But I would center things around, let's define the problem and let's together, let's work through a solution and figure out. And if that involves professional help, that involve whatever it involves, let's figure it out and let's go attack it together. Love it. Oh, and one thing I was going to say real quick, I thought about this last night as we were kind of talking through these things is um, partner with your child's small group leader and, and you guys, you know, um, Isaac and Megan and TC, I, I still remember one time I called Megan and I said, okay, this is kind of uh, what Abby and I are going through. What do you think? Am I am I being crazy? Is she being crazy? <laughs> I do remember so, that. And I've talked to both of their small group leaders before and just ran things through with them. So partner with them alongside this and talk to them because they might have a lot of insight that you yeah. might be kind of missing as a parent. Yeah. Don't, don't be too prideful. There's, I've gotten calls from some of the boys' parents. Hey, this is what's going on. Even, even as they've, you know, progressed further along in life, um, just be real and honest and vulnerable and, you know, um, it's okay to not have all the answers. Mm, love it. But listen, Thank y'all so much for being here, Brett and Tracy. We truly do love y'all and admire y'all. And we are. We're fangirling over you over here. So thank y'all for being here today. Thank you guys for listening and for tuning in. We hope you'll be right back next month. Have a great day. Bye.